0: The following was recorded at New Church in Ventura, California. Jesse Giglio is speaking. One of the great things about being up in the mountains, and if you get out to these places, you know, there's just there's just less pollution in general. There's less noise pollution and light pollution. And, and we're up on this point one night, inspiration point, and you're just kind of looking up at the stars. And if you can imagine these places, you've been to these places, it's just like a different sky, right? The the sky is just lit up, and you just turn around and everywhere you look. It's just beaming with stars, and uh, you can see the Milky Way, and if you've you've had a chance to see, you can actually kind of see the white streaks of the Milky Way going across the sky, and it's just outrageous, and one of our friends up there, he does a pretty good star talk, so he gets up there and, you know, points around the stars, and and you're always like, what star again? He's like, that star. There's like a billion stars in the sky. You just go left from that star. And all the kids are like, what? You know, but it's, it's really cool. You're looking around, and, and, and there's this, you could even see, you know, you can find the North Star. And it's a little bit underneath the North Star. There's this fuzzy, fuzzy glow. And and he's like, you guys know what that is? And he's like, it's, and we're like, no. And he's like, well, it's not a star. And he's like, it's a galaxy. And you could actually see what's the Andromeda Galaxy, which is our, which is our neighboring galaxy. And it's just this fuzzy light, and it's just it's just way even outside the Milky Way, and you can just—it's just incredible to look at at this thing that's just you know uh, millions of light years away from us, and you've got the North Stars, you know, a bi- millions of light years away, and it's just in- incredible to to look at these these things up there that you never maybe noticed before, don't even see before. Um, even our closest star, you know, it's it's just like our it's like a stone's throw away, it's like you know four. Four, four, four light years away, just, just incredible to look at these things. And, and, and as you with someone who appreciates these things, you can see these things. kind of opens your eyes a little bit, right? Like I could just kind of walk under the sky, like, oh, yeah, there's the sky, cool. But this, this, it's helpful to be with someone who can point these things out that are always there, but you never notice. And hiking the trails of, 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 of Yosemite and, and even Sequoia, there's, you, you come across these people sometimes, they're just staring at like a tree, right? They're just like taking in a tree. I'm like, oh yeah, another tree. But they're like admiring this tree because they understand the tree. They understand the, the leaves and what it takes and, and this season and they point things out to so the people underneath them and how it got to that certain way. And there's something beautiful about that kind of knowledge that sort of opens our eyes to where you can just kind of cruise by and, like, oh, yeah, there's just a bunch of trees, or there's the sky. But if someone kind of points things out to you, it, om- it starts to illuminate your senses, like, man, that's actually really amazing. Even though it was there the whole time, it seems amazing now that someone sort of pointed it out to, to us. So there's a little story in Second Kings I'm going to read. It's kind of like a camp story. It's one of my favorite camp stories. Uh, and, it, and it kind of centers around this, this, this character. Elijah, and if you know anything about Elijah or not, he's this prophet, this man of God. He's close to the king. He, f- he finds himself in trouble from time to time, but just, just a tremendous gifted prophet. And God uses him as a, as a voice, as a mouthpiece uh, of his own to speak to the nation of Israel. And in uh, uh, chapter 6, verse 8, we get this story that goes like this. When the king of Aram was at war with Israel, he would confer with his officers and say, we will mobilize our forces at such and such a play. So the king, of, uh, the king of Aram, Aram was like Syria, and this, this king, just a chapter before, in chapter 5, he had kind of broken off war and he was friends with Israel, but we see things turn very quickly, so he's now he's, he's at war with Israel again. So he'd pick up this, this sort of scheme. We're going to mobilize our forces. We're going to hit them here. We're going to hit them there. And his, his way of warfare was very kind of guerrilla. They'd hit up different camps and different neighbor, n- neighborhoods, basically, come across the border at different places. It wasn't a full-on assault head-on to, to Israel. It was sort of sneaking up on them in different ways. Hey, we're going to be here. We're going to ambush them here. <clears throat> but immediately, I, Elijah, the man of God, would warn the king of Israel, do not go near that place, for the Aramaeans are pl- planning to immobilize their troops there. So the king of Israel would send word to that place, indicated by the man of God. Time and time again, Elijah warned, warned the king said that they would be on alert when they get there. And the king of Aaron became very upset over this. So, so he's, he's mobilizing his troops. He's figuring out these sort of secret places to go. We'll get him here. We'll never see it coming. And they show up, and everyone's like, where are they? And then they find out, like, oh, yeah, well, they knew you were coming, so they went somewhere else. Like, oh, what the heck? You know, so the king is frustrated. The king of Aaron became very upset over this, and he called his officers together and demanded Which of you is a traitor who has been informing the king of Israel of my plans? He's obviously looking around the room like somebody's doing something here. Somebody's giving us away. They said, it's not us, my lord, the king. One of the officers replied, Elijah, the prophet in Israel, tells the king of Israel even the words you speak in the privacy of your bedroom. It's like they they have this guy. He's like a secret weapon. He just knows what's going on. He's alerting the king. And so the the king of Aram says, go and find out where he is so I can send troops to seize him. And the report came back, Elisha is at Dothan. So one night the king of Aram sent a great army with many chariots and horses to surround the city. So he's like, I'm not going to take any chances. Like full on, just release the hounds upon this guy. Let's surround the city and let's finish this. So when the servant of the man of God got up, so this is in Dothan and their, their place they're staying. The servant of the man of God got up early the next morning, went outside. So there were troops, horses and chariots everywhere. And he says, Oh sir, what will we do now? The young man cried to Elisha. So 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 this young man was traveling with Elisha, he's his servant, he's kinda helping him with his sort of daily daily needs and duties, and he he opens up the windows early in the morning and he just sees they're surrounded. This massive army is just is is surrounding their little place and, and he cries out, like, What are we going to do? Now, this particular servant was new for Elijah. So Elijah has, he's had a couple servants over his career. And, and the last one had just moved on. So this was a new one. He had not been around Elijah, around Elijah very long. And he kind of went into panic mode. And he kind of maybe forgot, like, I'm with Elijah. I'm probably good here. But, but he hasn't had that experience yet. He hasn't, he hasn't understood that maybe God can be involved in this as well. So Elijah says, don't be afraid. For there are more on our side than there are on theirs. So he kind of says, don't even worry about it, man. Like, there's way more with us than there are with them. And you can imagine the servant in the moment like, what? Man, I just looked outside and it's really bad for us right now. I don't see anyone on our side. And when we haven't walked through these things personally, they can feel really scary to us, right? It felt very scary to this servant in this, in, in this moment. He hadn't walked with Elijah for other, other miracles. He hadn't uh, had sort of the faith to say, this is going to work out. This is just a, another test of faith It's going to be fine. He's very nervous. He's very scared. And for you and I, we can very often find ourselves in these places where like everyone else is telling it's, it's, it's okay, it's fine. But you're like, I don't think it's fine. This is scary. I've never seen this before. I've never been in this place before. But Elijah has, and Elijah tries to bring some peace to that situation. I remember being, uh, I, I came into to being a youth pastor years and years ago now, it seems like, and I didn't have much youth pastor experience. I almost had, very, I had very little. I'd volunteered at a small church for, for a season, and then I was up at Ventura Missionary, and this is a big youth pro- program, big middle school, massive youth groups, and I just didn't really know about a lot of things. I remember the first time around, I, I think it was an outdoor ed, it was a fifth grade outdoor ed, uh, we had camp, and I was going with the kids on that camp. And that was just part of my idea. I, j- I jumped on outdoor eds with our school and just to kind of build a relationship with the kids. And, and I didn't even really know what outdoor ed was. I didn't have outdoor ed growing up. My kids weren't old enough to have even, ex- even experience outdoor ed. I just sort of knew it was some kind of camping trip they were going to learn, a camp they were going to go learn stuff. So I, I didn't really understand. I never had done it with the church before. I, I just kind of went in blind. So I, I kind of packed the backpack the best I could, and I show up to the parking lot the morning we're going to outdoor outdoor red. and I get there and very quickly pull up in your car and there's, there's a bus and there's people milling around I see that everybody has sleeping bags and pillows I don't have a sleeping bag and pillow like I didn't know I needed a sleeping bag and pillow I'd never been to this thing before I just like I don't know we're going somewhere I'm sure they'll tell me if I need it but I didn't know no one had told me because it's just a given like you're going to the camp you bring a sleeping bag and pillow and so somebody asked me I think the kids were saying hey where's your sleeping bag and I'm like Oh, I left it in my office, (laughs) you know, and I I go up to the youth office and by the grace of God, and I was praying this, some irresponsible kid had left a bunch of stuff there from the camp before. So I grab a sleeping bag and a pillow and I come in like everything's fine, nobody knew. But if you don't know, you don't know. If you don't know, you don't know. And in the church, sometimes, sometimes it moves so fast. Some of us come from different backgrounds, different experiences, different walks of, of faith and experiences of faith and, and hearing God and, and, and healing and, and words and all these things and, and tests. And if you haven't walked through that, you just don't know. And you can feel very alone in a room, even with a bunch of people. And so Elijah's kind of, he's kind of walking with his servant who's coming from this place of panic. where well, Elijah's not panicking. Elijah's like, it's, we're good here. We're good here. And, and, and for Elijah, even if it ended as the army took him away, like, he'd be fine. He was at that place in his life. But the servant wasn't. And that's okay. So we have to remember that there's grace for us in those positions where it feels like everyone else has it together. They're not afraid. They feel very comfortable. Like, oh, yeah, God's got this. And you're like, I'm scared. I'm scared here. I don't see how God's going to get this that's okay that is absolutely okay god brings us through the situations to learn those things because it's one thing for someone just to tell you about it another to walk it out and live it yourself elijah says don't be afraid for they're more on our side than theirs then elijah prayed oh lord open his eyes and let him see the lord opened the young man's eyes and when he looked up he saw the hillside around elijah was filled with horses and chariots of fire and as the aramean army advanced toward him elijah prayed, oh lord Please make them blind. So the Lord struck them with blindness as Elijah had asked. So not only were these sort of these angelic chariots and, and angels surrounding this other army, the other army starts to proceed, and Elijah's like, Lord, can you make them blind? And Elijah went out and told them, this, this army now has made blind. You have come the wrong way. This isn't the right city. Follow me, and I will take you to the man you're looking for. And he led him to the city of Samaria. So, so Elijah prays this really great prayer that I, I would love for Elijah to pray to me sometimes. Like, Lord, open his eyes. Lord, open his eyes. And we could pray that for ourselves. And I, and I find God, open my eyes. What am I missing here? What don't I see here? I want to see the situation like you see the situation. From God's situation, it's like, are you kidding me? Like, I got people everywhere. This is nothing. I have this. I want those eyes. And if you're missing that, it's just a simple prayer. Lord, give me your eyes. Help me see. Open my eyes that I might see. When we walk through the the, the valley floor and we're looking at nature, I want to understand what I'm looking at. I want to appreciate nature the way I see some other people look at things. I want to look at the heavens and be like, oh, my gosh, this blows my mind because I know more about it. Not because it's like this vague mystery to me, but like, oh, my gosh, that illuminates it even more. Open his eyes. This is cool. The story kind of takes a little turn here. It says, as soon as they entered Samaria, Elijah prayed, O oh, Lord, now open their eyes and let them see. So he marches them away from where they are in kind of a, in a, in kind of a different area. Actually closer to where the king was, his, Elijah's king was. As soon as they entered in, he says, O oh, Lord, open their eyes and let them see. So the Lord opened their eyes, and they discovered they're in the middle of Samaria. I'm like, oh, shoot, when do, how did we get here? When the king of Israel saw them, he shouted to Elijah, My father, should I kill them? Should I kill them? So the king's like, sweet, you brought those guys here? Let's slaughter them. This is awesome. We'll get back at them for trying to hunt us down all these times. Listen to Elijah's response. Elijah says, of course not, Elijah replied. Do we kill prisoners of war? Give them food and drink and send them home again to their master. So the king made them a great feast and sent them home, sent them home to the master. And after that, after that, the Araman raiders stayed away from the land of Israel. So there's this really, this is cool moment in the story because I, I love the part, like, oh my gosh, there's angels covering everything and you're fine. That's a great sort of moral to this story that God has you surrounded. But this, there's this sort of nuance here that, that teaches us something else. The, the king was ready to jump on this situation, the king of Israel, like that, an opportunist, like, man, God is on our side. He's worked this. Let's slaughter these guys. Game over. All right? right. Let's, let's just take care of this. Elijah, are you kidding me? Why would you even say something like that? Make them a feast, care for them, and then send them on their way. And I think this story for you and I, particularly sort of those of us in the the church, it's a story that not only reminds us that that God is on our side, because we have that, that's important for us. God is on our side. But they're also called to care for those who aren't on that side. That we can actually care for. And this is, this is Old Testament. Like, oh, love your enemies. That feels very Jesus, New Testament. Old Testament is like, yeah, God says just kill everybody. No, that's not God. Make these guys a feast and send them on their way. And what's the response of those guys? It says they, they stayed away from the land of Israel because they experienced grace. They experienced grace. They were the enemy of, of Israel and they were, they were plotting and planning and they were trying to take Elijah and they experienced the grace of God deep in the middle of the violent Old Testament that we like to talk about. Grace of God. Love these guys and send them on their way. And we live in a very sort of uh, politically charged time right now. It, 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 it's, it's probably maybe not worse than it used to be, would we just know about more, right? With the advent of Facebook and all these sharing things. We're just it's just around us all the time. And it, it it's become so easy to like form opinions about who who's our enemy anymore. And it's, it's these people in our in our room or on Facebook and it's the Republican or a Democrat or a conservative or liberal. And we're like and people get very angry and there's a lot of hatred toward the other party right now, the other opinion right now. Man, and there's just a very sort of symbolic gesture of of kindness even toward the other even deep in the old testament that we can learn from this this expression of grace expression of grace that sometimes just gets so lost when we're trying to make our opinion known When we feel like there's an opportunity like oh this is where now we'll now we'll slam i have it now right we're kind of waiting for waiting for an opportunity to strike oh man they they said that let's let's man i one thing i did not miss about being away is the news stories Man, i just like oh man Someone just waiting to pounce all the time. We live in this world, but as the church, like, what if we? This is the killing with killing, kill them with kindness kind of verse. We just love people and have grace toward them. They're not on these guys are not on God's side. I don't even know where these guys ended up. That's not the point. What is it? They they, they experience the grace of God even in this 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 time. And so for us today in this story, they're, 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 wherever you're at, I mean, maybe it's maybe you just feel like you're under attack by some people who are just sneaking up on you all the time. You know, this was sort of this guerrilla warfare of the, the, the Arabians. Like, they'd come out, of, come out of nowhere and like, oh my gosh, shoot, I didn't see that coming there, there. And you just need to be alerted to that. One thing about God and the Holy Spirit, he's, he's available to alert us to when those attacks are going to come. Because rarely do they just come in the front door head on, right? Like, oh, there's that, I see it coming a mile away. It's like, oh, shoot, I just wandered into this and now this is here. And Elijah, through the Holy Spirit, was alerting the king like, hey, you know what? Steer clear of that area. That's not going to be healthy for you. Stay away from that area. Some of us need that. Some of us need our eyes to be open. Like we just don't see God enough. We see this. We see flesh. We see problems. We see whatever's going on in the world. But but what does God see? Man, all of us can stand to enhance that. What does God see when he walks into a room? What does God see in my place of work? What does he see at, at, at the beach? What does he see with my friends and my family? Where I see one thing, I say, oh, shoot, this is going to suck. God's like, no, oh, this is great. I'm here. I'm here, too. I'm here even in those scary places. And open our eyes. Open our eyes. I suppose just remember the simple message of grace in the Bible toward our enemy. This is really beautiful, basic thing. King's like, let's slaughter him. Elijah's like, you're crazy. Make him a feast. And what does the king do? He makes him a feast. That's awesome. He's like, All right because he trusts Elijah because sometimes God asks us to do crazy things that we don't understand but guess what he trusted him they have any more problems from that 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 nation anymore no not in this time period it's awesome God's story is always better than our story so we just need those eyes and ears to, to hear where that is so I'm going to pray for you or we'll sing another song and we'll close out just wherever you're at wherever you need to see and I think all of us can stand to open rise eyes up a little bit so heavenly father we thank you for this story the narrative of, of scripture and god i thank you for your grace i just think of that lord man i, I am probably more like the, the enemy in this story than anybody else lord i just thank you for the grace that even when i probably deserve to be really punished you feed me and send me on my way i i thank you for that god but i pray this simple prayer lord oh lord open his eyes and let him see i pray that for us Lord. lord open our eyes and let us see Let us see the world as you see it. And Holy Spirit, as you move in our hearts and our minds and our eyes to give us that kind of vision. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. The preceding was recorded at New Church in Ventura, California. Jesse Giglio was speaking. For more information about New Church, go to com. Again, that website address is N-E-U-E-C-H-U-R-C-H dot com. Thank you for listening, and may God bless you and yours.